from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Hope you're all having fun and enjoying your day here today, and uh, hopefully your day is going well. Hopefully things are going good in your neck of the woods. Uh, Hoping the best for everybody out there. Obviously, safety and uh, health are paramount as always and and including right now through this very tough time. I hope that you have happiness and I hope that uh, your family is doing well and I hope that uh, things are going well for you. So uh, my my best to each and every single uh, family out there and to everybody that uh, needs an extra pair right now, you got one from me. So I hope that you're doing well and and I hope that uh, things continue to get better and hopefully we can get back to normal here very soon. I know it's been I know it's been difficult, and I know it's been hard on a lot of people. I know it's been stre- stressful on a lot of people, and I just hope that it gets better from here because uh, life, you know, no matter what, it's not exactly ideal. It's not what we were looking for, but you know, this is our life, and if we don't enjoy it and we don't make the most of it, you know, these days aren't promised. You can't get them back. There is no do-over. So. Yeah, none of us thought we would have coronavirus issues and all this stuff, but if you don't live every day to its fullest right now, you can't get these days back. So don't let coronavirus take more from you than it already has or that it ever should. So with that being said, please stay positive and please stay safe. With that, we are here inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, live on MixLR.com backslash DT, where you're listening, and on Facebook Live where you're watching, Facebook.com backslash live now. DT inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. And today's show is going to feature two awesome guests, Mon Paz Kettle Corner Popcorn Factory, probably bringing you what's popping. And Papa Joe is going to be with us first to talk about the NFL draft and the Jacksonville Jaguars moves and some issues going on down in Jacksonville. And then we will get to the second hour of the show where I will be featuring Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors joining me, a wide receiver in free state free safety out of the state of Louisiana with an offer from the Syracuse Orange. So we'll talk about his recruitment and so much more in hour number two. And with that being said, let's bring him into the broadcast. PJ, PJ, how are we doing today? Good morning, Daniel. And just on edge like everyone else in the world. How are you guys handling it? What's what's the story down in Florida? What's life like down, down there right now? Well, cases are multiplying tenfold as we speak. And um, a lot of deaths, of course. But it's in a sense, and it's not centrally located. It's all over the state. The governor has uh, issued his uh, stay-home warning that, of course, no one will probably listen to. Mary and I, because of our age, uh, we're you know we we stay close to home. We have to go out maybe every two or three days or four days to pick up supplies or something. But other than that, you know, you just got to keep got to keep busy. Mary has her projects around the house in the yard, and I got my cars, so that's what I'm trying to do: stay busy. So, you know, in this, you know, kind of stay home situation and, and whatnot, you just go to the grocery store when you have to. And, and like you said, come back. How, how have you been handling this? Because you and Mary are good people. You know, you, you've been positive people. Obviously, you try to find the brighter side of things and silver lining. So 
What are you trying to find right now at this time? Well, I know God is out there. And he's got a plan. I just don't know what it is. So, um, we have to pray, which we do every day. We watch our Mass on EWTN every day. And uh, we, we hope for the best. Oh, and that's, that's all you can do. And, and I know that a lot of people... Are, are finding you know some you know ways to take themselves away from everything you know by listening to shows and going and watching you know going and watching episodes of stuff and whatnot and trying to keep themselves busy. I know that you and Mary are Netflix people, so what's what's been uh, what's been playing on Netflix lately? Well, we we we're watching a couple of series. Uh, one of them is the Borgias about uh, uh, the popes back in the maybe mid mid. 1500s, 1400s. So it's, it's a good show. Uh, they had the popes back there. They didn't give a darn about nothing. They were they were messing with women everywhere, having kids everywhere. Not the kind of pope that we have these days. And we're watching a um, a Finnish detective series called Downwind, which is really, really, really good. So, you know, we, we do that. We we spend together from eight to ten every night watching something, a movie or a series or something, and we we keep rotating. And it's, you know, Netflix has so much stuff that, you know, you just you just go through the scenario and see which one that you like. And most of the most of the, the seasonals ones are uh, right now are only one season. Some are two or three, like the Borgias, I think, is three. Uh, so there's there's a lot out there and, and whatever your genre is you like to watch, then that's what you do. So so for you, I mean, obviously you're doing that. You're trying to uh, stay busy and whatnot. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, Joey's out on the road. How's, how's life like Ben for, or how's life with him? And, and what does he have to do? Because obviously the 18 wheelers have to continue to deliver things so that people have supplies. He's one of those essential jobs. And, you know, one of those jobs where he has to go out because, you know, the world is relying on people like him right now. So what's life like been like for him and, and, just what you could say about being the father of someone who is considered essential that needs to continue to be out there. Well, it's it's rewarding because it's the heck of a deal for him. But uh, if any young man or young woman is looking for a, a job or a career, uh, trucking industry is certainly that way. Uh, you have to go through a lot of education and training, but it, it's it's rewarding. I mean, you just you just have to write, find the right trucking company and. Right now he's he's in Dallas, and he's uh, going to pick up another load somewhere in in Texas. I don't know where, and then he's going to go to Nebraska, and I don't know where that is either. But he he doesn't have the well, nuts and bolts of it yet. But it's uh, it's tiresome for him because you know he's worried about us, and he's worried about his family and you and everyone else around, and so the trucking the trucking is lonely and. You know, him coming right off a divorce too isn't isn't easy either. But what he's got is audio books. It keeps him on, keeps him busy. He uh, he goes through about one of those a day. Uh, Stephen King novels. He loves those. Um, other than that, you know, he's 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 you know, he's encompassed inside of his little cab. He's got all the supplies he needs. He has to stop and go to the bathroom every once in a while or take a shower or something like that. But the trucks are amazing. They're just they're just beasts. And uh, they're just they just go and go and go and go and go. So, you know, the, the supplies are being delivered. I don't know what he delivered this last time, but it's I'm sure it's important. And 
his company, Trans Am, is just one small part of the trucking industry in this country. And as, as far as I know, there's about 2 million truckers, uh, drivers in this country, and every one of them has a purpose, and every one has a job to do, and uh, it's, it's, it's quite fantastic, really, especially if you go to a truck stop and you watch these guys fly around and those things and how they turn around and back in and every which way. So it's 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 rewarding, difficult, and right now he has he has no uh, he has no way to get tested, and of course he's bouncing around from state to state. I don't know how that's going to shake out. Uh, he seems he he says he feels good, so uh, we'll go from there. Well, and the th- the thing is, you know, obviously for him going from state to state and having the you know unique job that he has, I, I would imagine that. It's difficult, you know, because, it, you know, they're telling you to stay home and 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 be, a, you know, <clears throat> and to try and flatten this curve and whatnot. But some people can't stay home. So, you know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of unsung heroes right now. And people talk about the health, you know, the healthcare industry. And obviously those those people need to be respected and appreciated and thanked for all that they do. But at the same time, we have to thank our truckers. We have to thank. You know, our teachers, because some of these teachers still have to go and meet with the kids and whatnot when they can. We have to, you know, we have to thank our police officers and our first responders, our, you know, our firefighters, our, uh, you know, emergency workers. It, there's, you know, our, our grocery store workers. You know, I think one of the hard things is, you know, one of my one of my good friends that I love dearly, you know, their entire family, they both have to work because one of them works at a restaurant and another one of them works at a grocery store and the grocery store just had somebody test positive. And so that's put a lot of stress and a lot of angst on that. They have a new baby and, you know, they've been asked to go to work knowing that, you know, there, there's there's this baby in the house. And so, you know, I think a lot of people are struggling with the fact that, you know, we're trying to stay safe and there's some people that don't care at all and it's all about them. And then there's other people who really, really do care and want to stay home and, and want to do right, but they're being asked to go to work and kind of forced to do so. So, you know, I, I think that we really just need to think about each other right now and do what we can to help each other because I feel terrible for, you know, I, I'm blessed enough to own my own business. I'm thankful to God that I have this and I don't say thank you enough and I'm going to change that. But, you know, to me, if I'm a grocery store worker right now, you know, I, I'm horrified because I'm around these people all the time. And I have no choice and I have to be around them and it's part of my job. So, you know, I, I think that when you're when you're working like Joey is, or you're working like, you know, some of my friends are and whatnot, they have no choice. They have to be around people and they if they want to do their job, this is what they have to do. So I think it's unfortunate. I think it's difficult. I think it's tough. And, and I think that ultimately we just need to we need to be thankful for them because without them, we can't get the supplies we need. And the you know the healthcare we need and whatnot, but ultimately I really hope that you know God is watching over everybody, especially those people that have no choice and have to go to work. And I do I, I feel terrible for people in that situation. That's true. Very well said. That's about all you can do. So we're here with Papa Joe this morning, and we're talking about a lot of different things. Obviously, we have to talk about the state of the world, which we have, and we continue to monitor that just like everybody else does and hope that things are going to get better as we move forward. Uh, PJ, uh, speaking of getting better as we move forward, the NFL is one of the things that people can still 
uh, focus on right now. It's made a lot of people happy that they are hard at work uh, with everything going on. They have not ceased by any stretch of the imagination to continue to uh, have uh, plenty of stories. And the NFL in free agency has been very, very much at work, and a lot of changes have happened. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are one of those teams I say for today since you're down in Florida and we talk about it all the time. And uh, Jacksonville has made some moves. Uh, Terry Godwin, who is on the team at wide receivers, a young guy, 23 years old, was signed on for a million dollars, or was signed on, pardon me, we don't have the uh, information for his contract, for a season. Uh, Seth DeValve, who is one of the many tight ends that they tried in Jacksonville, he's gone to Carolina. Nick O'Leary, who I covered in college, has gone to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Tyler Shatley, who had to start on the offensive line a couple years ago because of all the injuries. He's back at guard for Jacksonville for one year. Uh, Rashawn Melvin comes from the Detroit Lions. He's there at cornerback for one year as a test. Uh, and then they lost uh, a few other players in, in the grand scheme of things. But Tyler Eifert's coming in from Cincinnati. He's 29 years old. He's a two-year tryout here uh, for $9.5 million. And then we're looking at Rodney Gunther, who comes over at defensive end. They need some help there. Three years, $18 million, so $6 million a year. And then Joe Schobert, inside linebacker, 26 years old, coming from the Browns. Five years, $53 million, making, making a, a little over $10 million a year. What are your thoughts on the moves that Jacksonville's made so so far to bring in guys like Rashawn Melvin, uh, Rodney Gunther, and Joe Schobert? Uh, they're working on defense specific right now and not really much of anything on offense. Uh, not, not quite yet, but <clears throat> there's still a lot of time out there. Uh, I like the Gunther move. I like Schobert move. Um, Schobert's a tackling machine. He reminds me of Luke Kaiserly. I mean, he just everywhere. Not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, but he's smart. And that's what you got to do to play football these days. You can have all the talent in the world, like Cam Newton and Jameis Wilson, that don't have anything in their brains. So, Schobert's the kind of guy that uh, that was going to show up to defense a lot. I'm looking for them. I really don't know which way they're going to go. They're still very close mouth down here about the draft. I know they go. I think they. I think they go nine, uh, the nine and twenty or something like that. Uh, so there, there's going to be some really good selections on the board. I'm actually looking for them to, I don't know, even know if I want to say this, but uh, perhaps maybe they should look at quarterback. You know, that, I know that's a sore subject with everyone in Jacksonville, especially after the bad deals that that were made over the years. Um, with Bortles and the other guy, I can't remember his name, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, if, if someone is available, like say Herbert is available, or even two, if he drops down to nine, or maybe if Jackson would like to move up from nine, it wouldn't wouldn't be a bad idea to to, to bring in another quarterback. Uh, they're, they're certainly going to have enough draft choices. I think they're going to have well over ten, so they, they should be uh, they should they should be able to, to to rectify any situation they have simply by a draft choice and and hope hopeful uh, that the player turns out. Well, you know, and that's the thing right now is they're, they're trying to figure out what to do and how to go about this. And, you know, there's there's going to be I – mean, it's hard because Jacksonville, like you said, they've made a lot of bad decisions lately, and they've come back to bite them in the butt. You know, they, they at one point had 60-some-odd players that they had drafted with a certain time period, and none of them were on the team anymore. Just to show you kind of the, the longevity of it, I had actually written a story about it and how – you know how many issues they've had over time of just not 
being strong in the draft. And then they made some good moves in the draft to get guys like Yannick Ngakwe and Telvin Smith and Jalen Ramsey, and none of them are happy. And Telvin Smith, we don't know what he's going to do. Yannick Ngakwe has been clear on social media that he is not happy with Jacksonville, and he is not hiding the fact that he's not happy in Jacksonville anymore. And once a player goes public, that makes things pretty difficult as far as trying to work things out when they feel, I mean, when they feel the need to tell the world, hey, I'm not happy, then, you know, that obviously shows you a bad sign in a bad situation. So, and a cry for help. So, I mean, I think that ultimately, you know, Jacksonville, the, the good moves that they have made in the draft outside of Gardner Minshew, you know, the other moves that they made in the draft that we can say were pretty good are not happy right now. Ramsey's gone. Talvin Smith is a question mark. And Yannick Ngakwe is probably all but out the door. So what do you think about that? You know, the, the best draft picks that the Jaguars have made in recent history are either not on the team or not happy with the team, which has to say something. You know, I don't understand that either. Um, Jackson, there's nothing wrong with Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville's a nice city. It's got crime, high crime, just like any major city. You know, kids going around shooting each other up there all the time, every day, just about. But it's a good-sized city. It, it it certainly loves its sports. You know, you have University of Florida down the road. You got uh, baseball everywhere. You, you know, it's just it's a good hotbed for sports. And the Gator Bowl, the old Gator Bowl, I don't know what they call it now, probably some TDT or whatever it is. They, it, it's an older structure, you know, but they keep it nice and neat. They keep it cool. They paint it, they structurally fix it, and keep the lawn mowed and everything like that. So I don't see any problems with, with coming to Jacksonville. They have beautiful homes right on the river, right on the, right on the ocean. So what what can these kids want? I don't I, I don't get it. Ramsey's an idiot. And, uh, you know, he's probably going to find out there's it's there's no paradise over there in, in California either. Yannick, I mean, they put the tag on him for what? $17 million? Is there something wrong with $17 million? <laughs> Well, that. I, guess, I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, why, why would – so we can't make a long-term deal. Well, so what? Maybe you get it next year. But you got a good you got a good coach. I mean, he's he's not the best coach, but he's a good man, an honest man. They got rid of Coughlin. Caldwell's under the gun, as usually is. Chad's going to be calling the shots probably a little bit more when it comes to spending money. But, you know, if Yannick stays – and and the defense gels the way I think it can. Yeah. Um, and I, I look for them to really be dominant on on defensive side of the ball, even losing uh, Campbell. But you know, the kids got to give this place a break. And if if if, the, if your listeners have ever driven down south and driven through Jacksonville, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful city. So I don't know. I, I don't know what, what to say. I don't know how these guys think. Uh, I don't. Maybe they're maybe they're their agents to get in their their beanie and they try to cipher some things out that it's not working. So, but to answer your question, if he wants to go, go. But you know, they got two first round picks for uh, Ramsey, and this kid's just as good, if not better. At least he shuts his mouth. And uh, Yannick, uh, he's worth two two first round picks too, maybe a first and a second. So, let's see where it goes. But it's crucial crucial that Jacksonville does a good job in the draft. They got to do their due diligence. They can't bring in idiots. They just can't bring in troublemakers. They can't bring in a guy who beat up his girlfriend two years ago. And it's a nice guy. Can't do that kind of stuff. You got to have a clean team and it's going to be up to them to find them. And they got enough draft picks 
especially if they're going to get some from Yannick, it's going to be enough draft picks to really outfit this team for the wild. Well, you know, and, and that's the thing ultimately is, like you said, it's going to come through the ja- through the draft because Jacksonville, they have 12 picks right now, and they're going to have to make the most of them. They're going to have to give all they got when it comes to, you know, this draft coming up because they put so much into it and they, they're relying so much on it already. And, you know, I just think the thing is when, when push comes to shove is, you know, paying the players and they're claiming that, you know, some of these guys claiming that maybe it's not a good deal. Maybe they're not getting paid and whatnot. But ultimately, when I look at some of these contracts and I look at, you know, what Marcel, what people don't know is Marcel Darius was making a ton of money for Jackson or they, they, he was making a ton of money off of Jacksonville. And Marcel Darius, in my opinion, on and off the field is not somebody that I waste a lot of time on because I've been around him. You know, he hasn't wowed me on the field in recent history. And he definitely didn't wow me when I, when I met him and had to, you know, obviously uh, attempt to interview somebody whose ego wasn't big enough for the entire locker room. So I think that, you know, what I see is, you know, I, I obviously you don't want to have troublemakers. You don't want to have problem starters on your team. And that's a given. But Jacksonville has had a lot of talent. And what I'm concerned with is the fact that, you know, this talent has this belief that, you know, we're not getting paid right or we're not this and that. The thing that I find interesting is that Jalen Ramsey not only wanted to get out of Jacksonville, but he likes seeing Jacksonville in pain. And that is something that's kind of hard for me to watch because he is very bitter. And whenever somebody leaves Jacksonville, he says, that's right, free my dogs, let's get my dogs out of there, free everybody. So, you know, he, he is enjoying this sense of Telvin Smith and Yannick Ngakwe and all these guys kind of retaliating. But I will tell you that last year on the show, Papa Joe, I I said this to you and I said this publicly and I made it very clear. I said that locker room uh, and I, and I said it repeatedly. I said in that locker room right now, Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, Marcel Darius and Telvin Smith are all a problem with their attitudes. Guys like Calais Campbell and AJ Boye, they just go to work, they do their job, they do it well. Guys like AJ Can, you know, there was a lot of guys that just Cam Robinson just went to work and did their job and that was it. But there was four guys that I mentioned and I said those players were issues in the locker room and they continue to be issues in the locker room and how long are you going to deal with these issues in the locker room and how long are you going to have this on your team and just have strictly talent and not understand the fact that this talent is is drowning your team. And what's happened? The four guys that I mentioned, Marcel Darius, they had an option for him this year. He's not on the team. Talvin Smith is currently on the team, but not on the team because we don't know what he's going to do because nobody knows what the hell he's going to do. So there's there's that factor. So, I mean, if you look at it, the four guys that I named, Talvin Smith, we don't know. Jalen Ramsey, gone. Marcel Darius, gone. Yannick Ngakwe wants to be gone. So, I, I mean, I, I, I set this up and foreshadowed and, and told people these are the problems on the team. Yes, they are very talented, but they're also big-time issues for Jacksonville because they're all drama queens. And now every single one of them is either gone or wants to leave or is holding out or whatever they're doing. So I think that I made myself clear in the past, and now we're seeing it come to fruition, that the exact players that I warned everybody about are the players right now that Jacksonville either doesn't have or they're constantly fighting with. Good. That's, I remember that. You did well with that. And uh, good prognostication. Um, I think that the team can gel. I think the team can come together. Um, I think the only thing I take issue with Jacksonville right now is that they're 
they say they're not rebuilding. They say they're replacing. I don't know what that means. Uh, you, you're, you're giving away a lot of your players for weak draft choices, and all of a sudden you're going to have probably, probably going to have 13 or 14 draft choices if if they get rid of not Yannick. And so, where, where how does that not be a rebuild? And then you got uh, Coach Marone, who's going. He's on one more year uh, on his contract, or one more year to do something. So they're asking him to completely redo everything. Sean is completely do everything, and but it's not called uh, rebuilding. It's, it's called replacing or whatever, you know. Yeah. And you always know when Shad's coming in town. He his yacht is about about the size of the football field. That's how big it is. It it actually is as long as the football field. When that thing cruises in, everyone's taking pictures of it, and it sits over there in the bay, uh, near near the stadium, frankly. And uh, when he comes in town, there's a lot of things that, that's got to be talked about. That's probably with a draft coming on, that, that guy's going to be here, and uh, there's going to get a lot of stuff done. So I wish him luck. I, 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 want, I want them to succeed. I want to see Minshew blossom to a, a good quarterback. He's not ever going to be a great quarterback, but he's a player, and he's smart. I mean, he makes plays. I mean, that's why uh, Mahomes is such a good player, or Lamar Jackson Although those kids, I hope they don't get hurt. They run around too much. Minshew just doesn't run around that much. And they make plays. Good players make plays. And when you make plays, you score points. So that's where I'm at. And coming from Papa Joe here this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. I want to, uh, I want to take a look before we go to the draft. I want to take a look at the updated roster for the Jaguars with all these moves that they made. Marquise Lee still there right now, kind of maybe playing for his job, but Chris Conley, I would imagine, and this is the thing, that, and I hope that people went and listened to my interview, and if you haven't, then I can obviously play it back and bring it back here, but my interview with Chris Conley, first time I had ever talked to him, he was on Kansas City before he came to Jacksonville. This young man is a leader. I really honestly feel like Jacksonville is going to miss the boat if they don't listen to him and get around him. The way that he spoke, the way that he broke it down, the respect that he had, the words that he chose, how eloquent he was, I honestly... I trust my vibe. I've interviewed at this point on probably 2,000 people. And in those interviews of these players and coaches and former players and, and administrators and all this stuff, in my time talking with people, I can honestly tell you that Chris Conley, every time I see his name on anything, I think about that conversation at his locker and how he answered the questions and, and what he said and how he said it and just what he thought and the fact that he wasn't afraid to speak up, but he spoke up respectfully. I really honestly think that this team needs to get around him. So I hope that they start using him more because he is not a number two. I mean, he is not a second string guy. He should be out there. Now, they have Keelan Cole. I like Keelan Cole, but he's been up and down and around the corner. I like D.D. Westbrook, and obviously he's used in the return game. Marquise Lee, haven't been a big fan of him lately, but you know he was one of those head cases that ran his mouth you know, for years. Last year, he came into the locker room while I was doing an interview, and it sounded like he had a not good back and forth with somebody potentially on that team in the front office. And so I didn't think that he was going to be there, and I didn't imagine that that was going to be a thing, but... In my mind right now, outside of drafting somebody, 
It's Chris Conley, it's D.D. Westbrook, and it's D.J. Chark. At tight end, it's Tyler Eifert, who they just brought in. At running back, it's Leonard Fournette. And obviously, uh, my guy, Raquel Armstead, who came from Temple, who I covered when he was in college. So I think there's some good to be had here. There's also Josh Oliver that they drafted last year and got hurt. So what do you think about the weapons that Gardner Minshew has with the guys that are coming back, the running backs in Fournette and Armstead, and knowing that he'll have a healthy Josh Oliver and he'll have Tyler Eifert at tight end. So now they have not one but two tight ends when they've really struggled to have one lately. Uh, I, I like it. I like I like the direction. I like what you just said. Uh, I do believe there's, a, especially what Westbrook can just stretch. They need someone to stretch the field, and he's really the only one that can do it. I remember Marquise Lee when he played for Southern Cal. I mean, that kid was fast, and he really fast. So I don't know what's happened to him. I know he had a few few problems, uh, a knee problem, but uh, he's still he's still pretty electric out there. Yeah, he's a boisterous guy, but I don't think he's a troublemaker like like the, the guys you just mentioned before. Uh, Sharp is going to be an, is an all star. Is going to be an all star again, and I think that Minshew needs to get with these guys, or if he hasn't already, and talk to them and and understand which direction he wants to go with the ball. And he's, I'm sure Marone is going to give Minshew, because he's so smart, he's going to give him a lot of leeway on the field. If he sees, if he needs to make an audible at the line of scrimmage, you know they need to be on the same page. I read just a couple days ago where Tom Brady wanted every one of the phone numbers of his players that he's going to be playing with, especially the wide receivers. And don't be surprised if, if Brady's already down there somewhere on some high school field pitching the ball around to these guys. I mean, that's what's needed. If you're going to trust Sharp and Connolly and, and Westbrook and so on, uh, you know, you, you have to be on the same page. Minshaw, for when he moves around, they got to know which direction he's going to go. Of course, they don't know that, but, I mean, the, the play break breaks down. Where does the wide receiver got to go? Does he go to his space or does he break it up the field? Um, you know, and he's got a pretty decent arm. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He doesn't have a cannon like Bortles did, but uh, he can get the ball where he needs to go. It, he's proved it. I mean, he, he proved it under... Uh, really dire circumstances. I mean, when, when Foles went down, I think that the whole city of Jacksonville just let out a big uh, groan, you know. I mean, there was nothing nothing you could say about that. I mean, but, uh, and he's proved, he's proved he can be a, a NFL quarterback. And I, I think he can lead the team, and I think he's well-positioned to do so. And I think Brown's probably going to open up the playbook a little bit. I'm looking for them. I know we're going to talk about the draft, but I'm, I'm looking for them a number nine to really come up with an offensive, uh, an offensive player. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing is, where do you go with that number nine pick? You know, knowing, like you said, maybe you go uh, quarterback for a backup. They have Josh Dobbs, who came over from the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, you know, where do you actually head? And to look, before we look at the draft, we have to look at what they have uh, defensively. Uh, we know offensively on the line, they spent good money. I mean, Cam Robinson's in his rookie contract. Andrew Norwell has a bunch of years on his contract, so he's going to be there at left guard. Brandon Linder's been with the team forever and a day at center. Uh, A.J. Can is a carryover from what the old line was when they almost made it to the Super Bowl at right guard and Jawan Taylor at right tackle out of the uh, out of out of the Gator country that you love so very much. So, you know, they have that offensive line that I don't think gets enough credit and it should on the defensive side of it. They have Josh Allen, uh, Avery Jones and Rodney Gunther who just came over from Arizona and for now Yannick Ngakwe, but if he is to go, then they, you know they have the opportunity to move an Al Woods or a Lorente McRae or a Dewan Smoot into the defensive end position. Uh, at linebacker, we're going to see Miles Jack go back to the outside, which is what I wanted the whole time 
or Joe Schobert will go to the to middle linebacker, and uh, Leon Jacobs will go to uh, strong side, and then Rashawn Melvin will be there at corner, and DJ Hayden at the other corner. I would imagine that Trey Herndon is probably going to earn one of those spots. I would imagine that he's going to fight to get in there. He did some good things in relief of Jalen Ramsey last year after the trade. And then Ronnie Harrison's back at strong safety, and Gerard Wilson is back at free safety. So what do you think about the uh, offensive line, first and foremost, because that's all coming back from what it was? And what do you think about you know what we're looking at on defense? Because there still is a lot of talent named Josh Allen and Miles Jack and you know and and Ronnie Harrison guys like that coming back to Jacksonville that I feel like people are not really focusing on right now because they're focusing on Yannick Ngakwe. These are all good players you mentioned. These are all really good players. And frankly, if if you're Caldwell and up there and his by his big board uh, playing chalk, writing down chalk things and erasing and doing this and doing this. He may split the draft. He may he may split the draft if he gets if he gets uh, picks for Yannick. Uh, they may split the draft. Say uh, six offense and six defense. Uh, if you're going to do that, I guess you got to strengthen up the the offensive line. There's 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 a lot of a lot of talent out there, just like there is defense. You never know what he's gets. You just you know you can do all the due diligence you want. You talk to their coaches and talk to their hometowns. You know, and some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them act good, some don't have a clue and yet they're going to play football. So anyway, I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for them to split it. Really. I'd be looking for them maybe to come up with, uh, I don't know, maybe kid law from South Carolina is a good, is a, a good defensive player. Uh, Derek Brown from Auburn's a good defensive player. You know, if he's going to stack the defensive line, that's probably where I would look offense wise. Uh, I would be surprised if Jerry Judy winds up at, or last till number nine. I don't think he's going to last there. Uh, but either Judy, to, to get Judy or to get Ruggs, one of those two Alabama kids, to go with Sharp and those guys to give Minshaw that down the field that he's looking for, it would be awesome. It would be awesome. I'm, I am I really would look for I'm going to listen to that very uh, carefully about – I read every day about all this kind of stuff. But, you know, then you know, then you got the quarterbacks. Uh, I'm not so sure that – the two is going to go number two to, uh, or going to last uh, to get to the Dolphins on number five. I think Washington is very nervous about what they what they've done with their quarterback. I think that uh, Haskins was just thrown into the melee last year and didn't have a clue what was happening and just he just got beat up bad. I mean he just was overmatched. I mean he he just simply could say that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that at two, uh, maybe they trade down. Maybe they trade down and get a few draft picks if someone wants the two and come up. Maybe they uh, maybe they draft a quarterback. Maybe they draft Tua at two. Or maybe they draft Herberg at two and uh, let Chase Young slide. But it, there, there's a lot a lot of moving pieces here. A lot of men on the chessboard can be moving around. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, and, and some of these mock drafts out there I just don't agree with at all. Some of the picks that they put forward. But... We're going to talk about the Jaguars draft when we come back after this fast break. So Papa Joe and I will be back momentarily. Do want to let you all know the Jaguars, once again, with 12 picks. They have two in the first, one in the second, one in the third. They have three in the fourth, two in the fifth, two in the sixth, and one in the seventh. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. When we come back, we will discuss the Jacksonville Jaguars picks, what I'm seeing in the mock draft, and whether or not I agree with it. And I can assure you, that most of them I've seen, I do not. 
Papa Joe is here with us, and we are talking about who is going to be wearing one of these hats when all is said and done, who is going to be coming to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we are discussing that as PJ is down in the great state of Florida. The Jaguars have the oh, the first round ninth pick, first round 20th. They're 42nd in the second round, 73 in the third. And in the fourth round, they have picks 116, 137, and 140. In the fifth, they have 157 and 165. In the sixth, they have 189 and 206. And in the seventh round, they have the 223rd pick if they decide to keep them all. So, PJ, PJ, as we look at things and we see where we're at right now and we take a look at the current state of situation, uh, I think that in the first round, like you said, I think Jacksonville, you know, it would make sense for the Jacksonville Jaguars to go for you know, a, an offensive weapon or a very strong defensive player. I think that, like you said, a Jerry Judy would not be a bad way to go. Some people have them going at Derek Brown out of Auburn defensive lineman there. I mean, it would make most sense for Jacksonville to take a good hard look at some of these key areas. I think in the first round, you really got to hit it and they have two picks. You can't afford to really miss anywhere, but with picks 9 and 20, you can get offense and defense. You can get a, a you know a strong defensive player and then maybe a Jerry Judy or, or something of that respect, but I think they definitely have to look at defensive line. They could potentially look at linebacker, and they for sure, uh, to me, have to, uh, have to assess that. So I think, you know, in all honesty, if they look at wide receiver, defensive, defensive line, and whether it's inside or outside on the defensive line and outside linebacker, I think those are the places to look in round number one. You know, I uh, I, I I do have to say one thing. I don't think that I don't think that they're going to be signing any more free agents. You know, there's talk that you know the Cam Newton and Jameis Winston just are still out there uh, and haven't been signed yet. And uh, I, I'm, the, Jameis, I'm sure, is very lukewarm to even try to someone like him. Newton, at least, is a former NFC, but he has regressed terribly in the last three years. Uh, he's an enormously talented man, but again, just doesn't, they don't think, they don't think as well. And I, I don't see the Jaguars sign either one of those guys, because if they do, they're going to put a wrench into the quarterback deal, and it's going to cost them a lot of money. You know, Newton, Newton is going to go for a lot of money, no matter where he goes, if he signs. Uh, James Winston, I don't know, he's, he's not, doesn't have a deal. So, you know, he'll probably get backup money or something. But I, I think that they stay away from the, the – the, I think they stay away from the free agency for a while, and then they got to concentrate on what they're doing. You know, I follow – obviously, you know, I follow Florida football a lot. And, you know, Tavon Bryan last year for for, uh, for Florida that played uh, for the Jags, he, he, didn't, he didn't really – he hasn't come along the last couple of years the way I thought he would. I don't know if they're going to be too much patient, any more patience with him or not. But I do look for C.J. Henderson coming from Florida uh, as a cornerback, uh, and he's—I I look at—I look at him to be maybe at number twenty. So we're talking about the nine and twenty. I got both of those guys being uh, defense, except I would like to see number nine get Judy or Ruggs or Didi or the the kid from uh, Oklahoma. Uh, anyway. Oh, anyway, uh, I, I would love to see you become to Jacksonville. I'd love to see it. Well, you know, and, and that's the thing. I think they need to make big moves. And I think in round number four, they're stating that, 
you know, Randy Moss's son could drop there. Uh, Thaddeus Moss could drop in round four. I think that would be a good pickup for Jacksonville as well. You know, I, like I said, I'm looking at some of this, and I will be putting together my own draft board and and giving my own thoughts because I have the time to do so. And uh, so we're definitely going to do that. Uh, normally, I'm in I'm in the thick of things with the with March Madness right now. So I can uh, absolutely do that. I think it's really cool that my uh, my my one of my closest friends growing up, uh, my best friend growing up is his name is James Lynch, and there's actually a player in the draft this year from Baylor, a defensive lineman, James Lynch. So he's going to see his name go across the ticker this year, which I think is pretty cool. But uh, you know, but I I do think uh, you know what I really don't agree with a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing out here uh, with with some of the picks of them taking another running back and uh, waiting until the fourth, you know, taking a wide receiver in the fourth round. And, you know, I, I really am definitely going to have to make my own my own uh, draft board here because I don't like what I'm looking at. I do appreciate the work that was put into this, but I'm not a big fan. I don't think that they go for a quarterback, you know, because I don't I don't think that they want to – well, let me put it to you like this. I don't think that they get a quarterback that's a free agent right now because I don't think they want to deal with that. You know, after signing Nick Foles and that not working, I can't imagine that they would do it again with another quarterback and have to overpay. I can see them potentially getting one in the draft. Uh, Some people have them taking Jordan Love. So there's the thought of that, you know, a guy that was up for the Heisman uh, a couple years ago that kind of fell off a little bit. But there is a thought that they could do that. I think that they need to look at other areas. I really think that ultimately, you know, in the first round, they need to assess their defensive line and wide receiver. If if they want to go outside of that, like I said, outside linebacker, then I think in round number two, you look at getting another corner on your team. And then maybe, you know, from there, you kind of see what's best available. But they really need to assess the situation right now. And the situation with me right now is they need a wide receiver to ignite that wide receiver room. They need to have somebody on the defensive line that is a good, strong player with a lot of talent that doesn't cause problems and drama in the locker room. They need a talented player like Yannick Ngakwe who's not going to go to the public and start airing his dirty laundry. And then, you know, they need at the line, they need depth at linebacker and they need help at the cornerback position. I think Trey Herndon did a good job from what I got to see live in Jacksonville. They brought in Rashawn Melvin for a year, but I want to see, you know, what they could get potentially in the draft. And I think they could go for corner or safety. So I think this draft needs to be defensive heavy for Jacksonville. They definitely don't need to take a quarterback and unless they wait until late to do it. And ultimately, they should just look at some of these key areas, take care of wide receiver, take care of the D-line. But they're going to have to spend a lot of time on defense in this draft if they want to be successful, in my opinion. No, you're, you're right. Uh, if if they get a couple of first-round draft picks for Yannick, then, then they're going to be loaded. And then, the, then talk about pressure. The pressure will be on Jacksonville to hit this over the fence. I mean, if they, for instance, if they get two first-round draft picks for Yannick, That'll give them four in the first round uh, if they can swing that, you know. Uh, of course, one would have to be this year, probably one next year, but uh, it doesn't matter. They, 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 they would be loaded. They'd have all sorts of opportunities, and uh, they, they can go down and pick and choose who they want. But I do believe that they need to split it up a little bit. Uh, look, Jacksonville has always been known as a defensive team. That's what Coughlin built years ago. Uh, even though they had Mark Burnell, a quarterback, with me, Smith, and all the rest of these guys, Keenan, Keenan Cardell. Uh, but they've always been a tough-nosed defensive team, and when he came over to look over the 
the range for the three years he was here was all defense. I want to see some excitement. I want to see I want to see someone who can really change the game. And we saw actually I saw four receivers play for Alabama that were absolutely unbelievable, fast, shifty, good hands. And I look for I look for either Judy or Ruggs to fall to them at night. And I think if it does, then they need to grab them. Yeah, you know, and I I agree with you that I think you know Jacksonville needs to, you know, they they really need to look at what they can get from here. And I accidentally just put out a nice little promo for Dan on Disney, our Disney show. So if any of you want to pay attention to that, you can go to social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dan on Disney and see what we have going there. Now that I just threw that out there, Disney is closed, which is crazy. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I do think I do think that Jacksonville. Uh, like you said, I mean, they, they really need to take a good hard look at this. And if they can get Yannick Ngakwe uh, a first round and this year, first round next year, you know, they're really setting themselves up for 2020 and 2021's draft. They have a bunch of picks. They have a bunch of opportunities and they're going to be in really good footing here. And, and so, I, I mean, I ultimately just feel that they can, they can hit it out of the park right now. If they're able to get rid of Yannick Ngakwe they can they can do it, and I think this is a good time to do it. I mean, does it stink? Absolutely. Is it something that's frustrating? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, if you can get rid of all of your entrenched people that are just dramatic and angry and don't want to be there, if you can get rid of that now and you can build that into the draft, then you got to hope that you just you hit the draft. But if Jacksonville is going to have anywhere between 12 to 14 picks or 12, 13 picks, right now they have 12. They could get more with the, with the Yannick Ngakwe trade. You know, If they're in a situation like that, Papa Joe, you almost stumble into a good pick at that point. You can be a pretty stupid team and still find your way to some success You know, at that point because you have so many picks. So I, I would imagine that some, somewhere down the pipeline here, uh, you know, Jacksonville is going to hit something good. And the thing that's just frustrating more than ever to bring the conversation full circle is that, you know, they brought in really talented guys, Telvin Smith and Yannick Ngakwe and Jalen Ramsey and, and, and so on and so forth in this draft. And, and ultimately it just didn't pan and it didn't pan out because they were good picks of players that, you know, granted, listen, they might have some issues. Maybe they're being disrespected. Maybe they're, they're not getting the money. Maybe Jacksonville is being cheap. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're not happy and it's caused such a rift with everything that, it, you know, it's it's really not something you want to deal with. So if I'm Jacksonville, ship it now and do what you got to do and, and try to build in the draft and move forward from here because the draft is in their control. What's out of their control right now is how Yannick Ngakwe feels about the team. That's absolutely. Absolutely. And they need to plan. They need to plan big. And when I tell you, when I drive up around Jacksonville and I see that big old ship come in, that, that's Mr. Cons, I know that uh, things are going to be happening. So, you know, I can't tell you how big that thing. It is enormous. I mean, it's 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 almost like a regular normal ship. I mean, it's over 300 feet long. I mean, I don't know what he does. He's probably got 10 staterooms in there for crying out loud. But he uh, he'll be he'll be he'll be sailing over here and getting ready for the draft because I know it's going to be coming up soon and. Uh, I, I really don't like what Goodall's talking about. He, he, Goodall's talking junk about about what, what may or may not happen. He doesn't need to put pressure on a situation like that. We're already in a distancing situation. You know we're not he's not going to get any big hugs up there anymore. You know, not, not this year at least. 
So, you know, if it's if it has to be done off-site and the victims can't come up and dress stupid and, and give Roger, uh, Roger a hug, then that's not that's the way it's going to be. But he, he doesn't need to delay the, the, the draft. He just needs to, to keep it going. It's got to be done off-site. Well, and the fact of the matter is, you know, if they're doing the draft, it can honestly be him in a room taking, you know, taking the picks in. It could be in, in the in the team's staying on site, staying where they are, and just sending them in. I mean, you can have each of the, you know, can you can have all these teams go through testing, and then you can have the people in each war room of the 32 franchises away from everybody in their own states, in their own bunker, and just have them send it to the commissioner, and then the commissioner, God forbid, has to read the name. But, I mean, really, that's all you got to do. I mean, and, and and to me, it's that's not any different than the banks that are staying open where they have drive through and they have a few people in there and you can't come in the bank, but there's people there together to work with you. So, you know, as long as you stay safe and you stay healthy, put them all in a bunker, have 32 franchises doing their own thing, and then once they, you know, and then just have them send it off to the commissioner and go from there. I mean, all this stuff is done on the phone, so I don't know why it would be such an issue. You know, it'd be, I know it's a terrible thing to say, but it would be amusing to see all these guys sitting in their war rooms with a face mask on or maybe ventilators close by. It's not a very pleasant thought, but, you know, to have a little levity in a situation would be kind of funny to see that. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if, 12 or 14 people that are going to do a draft is the smartest thing. So maybe they each have their own cubicle, like you said. Yeah, you know, and do what you got to do to get it done because it's done over the phone. Right. So, what'd you say? That's where we are with that. Yeah. I do want to get to one of the fan polls I put up. A lot of you voted on Twitter. I put polls up pretty much every week on Twitter. You can find me at CallDT. That's C-A-L-L-D-T on Twitter. I asked you the question, what would you like to see the Jaguars do with defensive end Yannick Ngakwe? Your choices were keep him franchise tagged, sign him to an extension, or trade him. 4.7% of you said keep him on the franchise tag. 17.6% said sign an extension. And 77.6% of you are done with the drama. You said trade the man away. 77.6% of you, and a lot of you voted, and thank you so much. We had a ton of votes come in, and the overwhelming majority said trade that man. I don't want to deal with the drama anymore. So, PJ, <laughs> so we, you know, we are right there with it. I will say another poll that I put up here uh, has to do with Cam Newton. And I asked the uh, Jaguars fans what they want to see with Cam Newton. And this may interest you here. Uh, Cam Newton doesn't have a job right now. And there is some concern about his health and whatnot. But I said, would you like to see the Jaguars sign former Carolina's, Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton? And you and I don't believe that they should waste money on somebody already in the league that they would have to potentially owe a lot of money to. But if it's a one-year or two-year deal, 66.7% of Jag- of the people that voted in this poll said that they would like to see the Jaguars sign quarterback Cam Newton. 33.3% said no. What are your thoughts on that? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, as I stated many times uh, with you, uh, he's an enormously talented man. He doesn't have the best of brains. Uh, he's 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 hurt. Uh, he's his shoulders not right. He just he's not the same. He's not the same player that he was when he was the MVP and it was a 2016 or 2015 somewhere around there. I mean, he was a dynamic player, uh, and I just don't. I, I just don't. I think he's. I think he's a used tire. I just. I, I, I don't see it. I. I don't want to see Jacksonville 
spend any more, piss away any more money on, on quarterbacks than they already have in the three that we've talked before. It was Bortles and Foles. Uh, uh, Who's the other one that they spent a lot of money on? Uh, they they uh, Blaine Gabbert when they drafted him. So. Blaine Gabbert, right. You know, those three deals, you know, they just didn't pan out. And I can't see them spending any more money on this. Come on, three for three is bad enough. I mean, no, they don't need to, they don't need to sign Cam Newton for two years, $30 million or whatever, you know. you got a quarterback that's going to lead a team. He's liked by his players. He's liked by his coaches. He's not the most talented guy, but he wins. And he thinks. He thinks. I bring up... Uh, one of my favorite players is Teddy Bridgewater uh, that left the, uh, New Orleans uh, to go play for Carolina. Uh, why would they do that if they didn't think that Cam Newton was the kind of quarterback that would, would do that? I mean, why do that? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is a, a good quarterback. Why is he a good quarterback? Because he thinks. He can process information in those four or five seconds as good as anyone. And he learned that from Drew Brees. And he's learned that by watching Tampa Brady and Aaron Rodgers and the rest of these guys. You know, sure, you have to hold on to the ball a little bit in the pocket. I understand that. But, hey, if the play isn't there, you throw it away. You throw it at someone's feet. You don't sit there and get killed. You throw an interception. That's not the way to do it. You don't try to run out of it. So I don't look for Newton being an option here at all. And I certainly don't look for Jameis Winston to be an option either. I think the place would have a – I think the city would have a riot if they brought him on. Yeah, well, and, and that's going to be an interesting thing as we step forward here is, you know, uh, what will they do and will they make a move for that? I am putting a Jaguars poll up right now, and I would love for people to vote in this one. I'm going to ask Papa Joe what his thoughts are on it. Uh, you're going to, and you could tell me if I need to put another one on here because I could put up to four choices, but I put who's your favorite former Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, and your choices are Mark Brunel, Byron Lefwich, or David Garrard. Who do you have? No, Mark Brunel, but all means, he was a, a, the throwing lefty. Uh, he was a tough guy, won a lot of games, knew exactly what Coughlin uh, needed on the field. He was a coach on the field, uh, just a, a dynamite player. Not the biggest guy, uh, not the strongest arm, but he was a hell of a winner, a hell of a winner. Well, and, and that's the thing, Mark Brunel. I had the opportunity to meet Mark Brunel, and, and that really uh, did mean – uh, the absolute world to me this past season had an opportunity to shake his hand uh, crazy to me to me he's larger than life because I grew up watching that Jaguars team that's why I fell in love with Jacksonville uh, Fred Taylor Mark Brunel Keenan McCardell uh, Marcus Stroud uh, obviously uh, Donovan Darius coming from Syracuse there were so many players on that team that I just really uh, really really uh, got around and and I mean I just really believed in them and I I think that I don't know. I mean, I'm just Tony Brackens. I mean, uh, Tony Baselli. I was a Jimmy Smith. I Kyle Brady. I was just moved by that team back in the day. That was so good. Uh, you know, when I when I talk about all those names, PJ, does it almost make you want to cry? Because the Jaguars, you know, uh, it feels like that was that was that was. I mean, it was decades ago, but it feels like it was on a different planet. True. You know, Tony Baselli's in the hospital. I didn't know Tony Baselli was in the hospital. With coronavirus. Oh my God! Yeah. yeah, it's hard to keep track of everybody that this has affected, but obviously uh, our prayers and our hopes go out to former Jacksonville Jaguar Tony Baselli, who has been around 
the the team and has come back. Uh, the likes of him as well as Mark Brunel and and Fred Taylor have all come back to the team in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Keenan McCardell has come back. Uh, Jimmy Smith has been back there. So, I mean, they're doing a good job of bringing those guys back, and obviously we hope that he will be okay. That's that's terrible news, PJ. I hope he's going to get better. So, a very – and we do. We pray for everybody out there uh, to get better and to, to be well and stay well. And uh, and obviously just want to send our, our love and support to everybody that's out there going through this. Uh, PJ, any final notes? Uh, you and I have weathered this storm. We'll continue to weather this storm. Any other thoughts that you have on uh, on the Jacksonville Jaguars, the draft, or on you know life in general as we move forward? It's a difficult situation we're all saddled with, and we have, people have to be smart. You know, the government is doing the best they can. They're, they're setting the guidelines that need to be followed. Uh, you listen to Dr. Fracci and Dr. Bricks and you just, on Fox, and you just listen to them. You can do what they, do what they say. And, you know, it's going to take time. It's going to be, it's going to be awful. You know, they're talking about 100,000 deaths. I mean, that's scary. That's even worse than a world war. I, I I don't want to think about it. I just want to, and it's, you know, it really puts it in perspective where football is, where it comes in. Football comes in a distant second here. I mean, all sports. I mean, you know, I follow baseball, and I'm, there's not a, there's not a lot to write about, and there's a lot, a lot to talk about. If it wasn't for the draft coming up, the NFL would be dead right now, just like everything else, soccer and, and lacrosse and swimming and track and field. Everything's dead. So, you know, I'm thankful we have the, the NFL and the Jags to talk about, and, some college football coming around, which may may not start until next year either. They they may not do that either. But it's uh it's good to get it's it's good to talk about some some things that that are fun instead of watching Fox all the time and see how many people are dying. I don't do that. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing, and that's kind of the you know the, the the tough part of all this is you want to pay attention, you want to know what's going on, you want to stay safe, but you also don't want to. Uh, have it take up your life and be all about it all the time because it'll drive you nuts. So uh, let's stay positive and let's stay well and let's do the best that we can as always. And, you know, prayers and hopes go out to every man, woman, and child out there that is dealing with this because we're all dealing with this in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, so I'm just hoping the best for everybody. PJ, you and Mary stay safe. I have not missed you. I, I can't say that I've missed you more than I miss you right now. So I, I really do hope to see you all soon. And, and I, you know, this is really called to me to figure out my priorities, what I care about, what matters to me and what I'm focusing my life on. So I could do a lot better. I plan on it. I will. And I hope that everybody else will, will, uh, will follow suit and, and do the best they can. So stay safe down there. I'll give you a call soon and I hope to talk with you very soon. Okay. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Right, take care.